0: Welcome back, friends, here in the week after Easter, in the aftermath of the highlight, the absolute highlight of the Christian calendar, the resurrection of Jesus and in him, our own lives. Before we jump in here in the week of April 10th, let's do what we always do. Let's pause. Let's release everything to Jesus, all people, projects, emails, work, your kids, everything. Let's find him. Let's center ourselves in him. Let this be a moment of sanity in the midst of the chaos. Jesus, we do give everyone and everything to you. And we pray for union, Lord. We pray for oneness. Restore my union with you, Jesus. Deepen and strengthen our union. And meet me here in this week's podcast. In your name, we all pray. Alan, one of the things that... Struck me this year in Easter was the earthquake Mm. when Christ is crucified. There is an earthquake, and of course, like all creation, shudders right at this at this moment. I'm struck by it because I've been thinking a lot about shakings and how they happen in the world. um, God. In some of those shakings, not all of them, but some of them, mm-hmm. and I found myself wondering as we as we head into this podcast that we want to bring to our friends a, a really important a really important word that we want to bring to our friends. I found myself wondering, Alan, did we learn anything <laughs> from twenty twenty?
1: You know, I I want to say. Yes, we all learned a whole lot because it was a moment in time we should have been changed forever by in terms of how we see what's going on around us and how to live from that point forward. But I I don't think so. And I think probably that's because there's something in humanity that just wants to get back to the story that they were in, not necessarily the story God's telling or where it's headed. Oh, my gosh. Yes.
0: Yes. Human nature, right? Yeah. Just get me out of it and I'll be fine. Right. And 2020 was a profound shaking. And it, it revealed so much about us, where our hopes lie, how deeply rooted we are or are not mm-hmm. in Christ. And God called it a dress rehearsal to many of our friends. Many people heard that prophetic word. It was a dress rehearsal. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. Yes. Well, well, then what's opening night? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I the, and the gang. We're not about to drop a, a bomb here, but okay. So here's here's a story. There have been some wildfires in Colorado already this year. I mean, we're barely out of winter, right? And there have been several fires, and because of the direction of the wind, the other night here in Colorado Springs, in the middle of the night, I woke up to smoke the smell of smoke in the house. And it it was profound enough that it, whoa, it shook me. I, I mean, it got me up. And then I thought, oh my goodness, like, did I leave the barbecue on? Is the house on fire? You know what? Yeah. And yeah. get up, go out, look around. But mostly I went and looked on the hills behind us and said, how close is this? It it shook me and I was watching my reaction to being shaken again like oh no here comes another natural disaster you know a large event yes is it an evacuation of the neighborhood like many of us faced a number of years ago in the Waldo Canyon fire all that happens in a moment you just yes right you a, just get a whiff smell. of yeah you get right. a whiff of smoke and suddenly the the triggers of trauma go off in the soul and coping mechanisms? How how am I going to respond to this? And I I would like to say that I was calm and cool and clear-headed. I was a little, but not as much as I would like to be. And it it got me thinking about, wait a second, wait a second. We all just lived not that long ago through a massive global shaking that was meant to prepare us to kind of say, hey, folks, get your house in order. L- like, where, where are you grounded in? W- what are your dailies? What do you do to be a resilient person so that next time something right. rolls through, right, right? That Yeah. And then you had the bank scares of several weeks ago uh, here in the U.S., but also the Swiss bank that needed to be bailed out. You go, whoa, hang on a second. One of the things the pandemic revealed was how fragile the world always is, how incredibly kind and good God is always to sustain all things and and keep things, you know, together, to hold things together. You have something like the bank scare that goes through. You go, whoa, that could so easily happen on a more major scale. Right. Am I prepared for it? Did I learn anything?
1: Yeah, and I see this all the time, and I and I know I'm not alone in this view. But like when I look at how have we changed individually, even from 2020 yes. to now, yes, it just feels like we are a more fragile, softer culture. Uh, in other words, we didn't become more resilient. It doesn't feel like or come out of it stronger or more fortified in our relationship with God. Like, you know, it, it, there's a lot of reasons for this. but but it's like now the daily task that we all face or that we expect in our economy or with other businesses, like it's kind of a miracle that it's it feels like it's held together by a shoestring. And yeah. so when it actually works, you're like, wow. But then you go to a restaurant like Kelly and I went out with friends last night and it's Sunday night at a really popular restaurant. And by 7.30 PM, they were putting chairs up on the table and and turned off the open sign and were like sweeping up. And I looked at my watch because I thought, John, you know, like, gosh, it's at 10 o'clock already. It's it's 7.30 30. But like you can just tell, that's kind of reflective to me of the mindset of our culture now is we're going to show up and give a little, but we don't have much. And and so life hasn't changed, in my opinion, in a way that's made us stronger, but in a way that we're all, it feels like just trying to kind of fall over the finish line
0: each day. Yes. There you go. Fall over the finish line. Human nature. It's the old difference between relief and restoration Mm. in times of upheaval, whether those are personal or community or global, whether it's pressure, stress, higher levels of demand Uh for a certain season, or it's it's worse, it's loss, it's heartache, it's trauma, causes the human soul to seek relief. We want the easy downhill approach, just get me to relief. Yes. right? And right. relief is a bag of donuts. Relief is binge watching Netflix. Yeah. Relief is, let me just tune out. It's dissociation, right? That right. can be relief. Just let me, ch- I just need to check out. Yes. Um, and versus restoration, restoration is wholeness. It, it is recreation. It is renewal. It is resilience. It's the difference between, you know, playing video games till your brain is numb and jello versus spending that same amount of time in the ocean, mm. right? You you yeah. come out of the ocean and you're just like, whoa, I am better. I am refreshed yes. and renewed, right? Yes. Versus, yes. oh man, I wish I hadn't ate that much, drank that much. Right. Yeah. Right. Watch that.
1: Yeah. And when that happens, not just with an individual, but with a society, a culture, a nation, and and honestly, it feels like the world is in that state. Yes. And so we're all if we're all in a more fragile place and then there's another shaking, that doesn't bode
0: well. Right. 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 If we have not learned our lessons. Right. Right. If we if we didn't take the wake-up call, and I and by this gang, I don't mean politically. I don't mean socially. Oh, yeah, that's right. We need to get out there and march in the streets. No, 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 no. I'm starting with the human soul. I'm starting with our lives deeply grounded in Christ. Psalm 16. Love this psalm. It's so beautiful. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. He goes on to say, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure, my condition, my, my household secure. And he says this in verse 8. I keep my eyes always on Jesus, always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Wow. I will yes. not be shaken. Well, it's a different outlook. It's, that's very different than relief seeking. Yes. And again, the enemy's plot in any person's life is always some some level of harm, upheaval, pain, confusion, and then seduction, right? It, yeah. it introduce heartache or upset. Yes. And then seduce the soul into, you know, other lovers, as we were talking about on the Sacred Romance podcast series, in, into relief yes. seeking. But it's not the same- Right. As a soul that is resplendent and resilient because they have God.
1: And the only way to not be shaken is to put that trust in Jesus because anything else in the world can be shaken. Our 401k plan can be shaken. The phone call that comes out of the blue, you know, when you think everything's going well, like there's a million ways we can be shaken. Because if we put our trust in those other things of just, we want the world to go pretty smooth and we want life to be pretty predictable, well, the enemy can have a fill day. But I love where Jesus says, yeah, like in this world, you'll have troubles. But the reason to take heart is not because things are calming down, but because Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And and that's actually our offer for peace or, or to be unshaken.
0: Exactly. So I've been getting several different emails and texts over the last couple months. I'd say over the last four months from friends around the world who have a little bit more of that prophetic gifting. They're just, they seem to hear a little bit more clearly from God. They're a little bit more dialed in. And what's important is they have the maturity not to read their own agendas into it, that's the, that's the messiness of the prophetic world is that it comes through very broken people. Yeah. All of us are very broken people. And we bring our agendas, we, we bring our presuppositions to it. So Jesus says something like, hey, I'm about to do something big. And if you want political reform, then you go, oh, I knew it. Okay, here, you know, politics is going to change. And he didn't say anything. Yeah, You just wrote that into it. Or or he says, hey, I've got something new for you. And what you've been hoping for is to get out of your current job. And so you just go straight to, oh, I know what that is. There was a daily reading on that recently where it was called filling in the blanks. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> okay.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh and what we do is we hear something from God but then in our own desires, inclinations, frankly, prejudices, we we fill in what we think it is God is saying versus staying Yes. Staying with more. Well, explain that to me, Lord. Say more about new. Yes. Say more about something good is coming to your life. Say, I say more, Jesus. I think it's I'm going to get married, but that may not be what you're saying. Say more. So you, you hear the maturity that's needed there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is exactly. what messes up so much of the of the prophetic is that, you know, people hear words, get words, or offer words for others, but they're so filled with. Or they're coming through their brokenness and and therefore their own grid, their own interpretation. Anyhow, these words have not been. these, These emails and texts that I've been receiving have been coming through pretty mature people that don't have an agenda. And I want to read one to you now. This guy writes, more shaking is coming. A storm is brewing. You can feel it on the horizon. You can sense it in your spirit. You can read it between the headlines. It's as if we're all waiting on something, but we're not sure what it is. We're at a tipping point. The enemy knows his time is short. A massive shift is coming. Okay. So now again, listeners, like, do you already see yourself immediately <laughs> filling in the blanks? Oh, I knew it. I knew it. It's the economy. I knew it. We, whoa, we got to go. We got to get everything out. Of the go, Buy gold. Right, you know, right. dig a hole in the backyard. <laughs> do you hear, friends? Yeah. I just want to point out, Do, you, are you aware as I read that of how you are reading into it your biases, your prejudices, your assumptions or fears? Yes. All right, okay. Don't let all that go and just say, What's fascinating about this word is this line in this text, it's as if we're all waiting on something, but we're not sure what it is. Some sort of tipping point, some sort of shift is coming. I think that's true. I sense it in my own spirit. I see other people, but we're not quite sure what to do with that. Everybody senses it at some level. And then they start reading into it. Oh, yeah, you know, it's the school board, it's politics. No, 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 it's the economy. Oh, it's the church. A great revival is coming. Well, it's because they're inclined towards revival or they just want, you see what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. So Jesus, (laughs) right now, we just say, catch us, catch our hearts. We don't want to turn to the right or to the left. We just want to give you our attention. The psalm says, because I've set Jesus directly in front of me, I will not be shaken. So, huh, Lord, interesting. What are you saying?
1: Yeah, and and what stood out to me in what you just read, in addition to what you were naming, is the enemy does know his time is short. And the picture I have, John, is of like a person facing this, you know huge wall of levers and buttons and lights and pulleys and and in a panic just hitting every button pulling yeah. every lever yes. like there's no subtlety to what's going on now or there's no, no slow game to try to gain territory it's like every single button and light and lever is being used to try to i think from the enemy's point of view just somehow turn the game Right, well,
0: Alan, I think you wrote I think you wrote it. I think you knew it was coming. You wrote a book two years ago. was it on chaos? chaos can't okay, I think that that was more prophetic than you know. I think you were picking up on, oh, he just wants to bring chaos, yes, whatever it is, you know, if he can do it. In you know financially in people's lives, if you can do it relationally, family breakup, tensions, church animosity, whatever. Right. It's just it's that desperate. How do I just introduce more chaos into the situation? And if
1: the enemy can get the external chaos inside of us, yes. Boy, then we're taken out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So so gang again, we're not we're not making predictions on what this is, but there is. There is a sense that many people are living with and many are aware of, of, wow, things feel imminent. They f- it feels like some tensions in the air. It, fe- it does feel like a little chaos or maybe a lot of chaos is entering in. It- something's up. It does feel like a tipping point. Yes. And here is the critical moment. This is why I started by asking, did we learn anything? from the last time around because relief versus restoration another way of describing that is just get me out of the tension mm-hmm. just get i just don't want to live in that right now i don't want i don't like this sense of imminence i'm describing the human yeah, soul right, right? Yes. the vulnerable weary beat up human soul that we only have compassion towards we sense things shifting and moving in the spiritual realm, even if we can't put words to it. And human nature being what it is, just give me relief. Just get me out of that. Yeah. And so the move is move away. Like I just need a vacation. i I, I just need I, I just need to go cut the grass. i I need to plant my garden. I need to be thinking about what I'm gonna do this summer. Do you see what I'm saying? Do. It's kind of kind of dissociating, really? Yeah. Right. versus, that's one option, versus, oh, okay, this sense of imminence, this sense of, hmm, something, some sort of tipping point is approaching. I want to be more deeply grounded in God. And therefore, I am redoubling my life in God. I All those things that are valuable to me, which for everybody gets Forgotten and worn away. And we go, Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't pray in the morning anymore. And I used to listen to a lot more worship than I do now, you know.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. The choice towards restoration versus relief in this moment is to turn away from just get me out of the tension and towards, oh, my life in God again. I am redoubling my life in God. I'm clearing that sacred space in my morning and in my evening i'm taking my lunches back i'm taking my commute back and and instead of relief what i'm looking for is god because i have set the lord before me because i have set jesus directly before me it's it's your attention what has your attention i will not be shaken yes and how do we
1: set before us our eyes a life that is what god calls us to live as citizens of the coming kingdom yes. right versus the world's answers of oh well when this happens just do this or this is the best response or just shut down or just give in or just you know redefine how you see life and when we do it the way you're describing john with restoration Well, then we can have the solid rock to be on in the midst of the shaking, in the midst of the chaos, but we won't get that a minute before we need it, right? Like we have to live that before we need it.
0: Yes, that's good. We build towards it. Yes. You build towards it. So again, friends, just listen to your presuppositions going on as, as we're sharing this podcast, listen to what your soul is doing to this, because there's a weariness that goes, oh, you're kidding me. Don't introduce more chaos into the world, please. I'm just (sighs) treading water. Okay, that's all right. Pay attention to that weariness. That needs God. And then there's presuppositions you're bringing like, I knew it, right? There's great political upheaval coming. Yoo-hoo! this is our moment. You go, no, no, no. Jesus didn't actually say anything about that in this podcast, in these prophecies, in these words. No, hang on with your presumptions. Even the presumption of revival, which is fascinating. We've been watching. Yes, God is at work in the world. He really is. But there there is a strain within Christendom that so desperately wants revival it's almost like they want revival more than they want Jesus. They they're so desperate to see it that they're reinterpreting all these prophecies. And I'm watching it. I'm watching it happening. People are getting words that I think are genuinely from God, but then they're bringing their interpretation mm-hmm. to, "Oh, our ministry is going to explode this year and it's it's that great new day." And even words like a new day is coming, a new era. And you go, "Okay, okay, okay. Now that that may have been from God." Yes. What are you reading into that? Okay. Right. What, we're, what we're bringing everyone back to is because I have set the Lord before me, I will not be shaken. Right? Jesus right. Uh, in the gospel says, but he who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the person who built their house on the rock. Yep. Right? The rains came, the winds blew. The house did not fall because of what it was established on. Yes.
1: And anything else we look to, whether it is like you named politics, financial, whatever, none of those hold the ultimate answer. None of those hold the ultimate answer. And so the rock we have to build everything on. If we don't want to be shaken, it's Jesus.
0: Yes, because everything else can be taken at different moments in different ways or threatened, even just the threat of it. Right. You know, like they right. smelled the smoke in the house. There wasn't a wildfire actually coming, it was 40 miles away. It was just the wind brought it, right? Wow. That even the threat of shaking can shake people. We don't want to be shaken. We want to take our vulnerable, tender souls into the care of God. And so, gang, we've done so many podcasts on this in the last couple of years, but please come back to your morning prayers. And if you need some help and guidance, get on the Wild at Heart app or on the website on the section on prayers and and dive into some of those, the daily prayer, the life prayer. Please get worship. Into your life daily. I do it, I do it often. I do it in the morning as part of my time with God. I played in the car in my commute, and Stacy and I do it in the evening before our bedtime prayers. A new thought to you might be: begin to practice communion, taking communion on a regular basis. Don't don't wait for the church to do it. Now, some of you are in church traditions where it's done every week, and that's fantastic. Um, and obviously, our Catholic friends are, are taking the Eucharist every every Mass. Um, but on a personal basis, if you can, and if your faith uh, and your theology allows you to do this, the practice of taking Communion it, it strengthens your life in God. It strengthens you. It's cleansing daily practices that bring us back to rootedness, and and also also notice where you're going for relief notice where you keep turning if only in your fantasies for a sense of hope or a better day oh, i just got to get to that vacation and turn all of that back into jesus daily you just go i keep choosing you i keep loving you i make you my everything and from that place you'll be okay.